Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Ah, yes. Tell your friends. Thank you. Slam and Sam already getting into the Origin build-up, the Origin countdown. It is great to be back with you after a couple of weeks away with the family. Origin Eve, thanks for lacing them up with me today. Tickets to our exclusive Origin party, our biased call, unashamedly biased Queensland call. We've got them to give away over the next three hours. NRL players, they should have their pay docked during their industrial action, their protest just like everyone else, shouldn't they? 13, 13, 55. We'll get into why shortly. Uh, anything happened while I was away? Everyone's been playing nicely, haven't they? Getting along. No one's been sacked. No one's changing clubs, getting dropped, giving ultimatums, calling ref names, haven't they? No, we all got Taylor Swift tickets too. Yeah. Look, it is great to be back with you. Big thank you for uh, Maddie White too for minding the shop while I was away. Although Maddie is in for a shock come Thursday, he will have to wear a Maroons jersey. If the, well, when the Blues get clean swept tomorrow night. Origin will be a big part of the next three hours. And while Origin Eve should always be about the anticipation, the the excitement, the, the banter where we're throwing barbs to our, well, to our cockroaches that scurry into the building. I mean, every building has a cockroach, don't they? That's right, Slam and Sam. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. It should all be all about the what ifs, the maybes, clean sweeps, but no. There is a shadow creeping over the horizon of this Origin game. It's a distraction, and I am talking about the players and their boycott. Their boycott of the media, their boycott of you. Can I first and foremost say, if players don't talk to the media, well, I'm not personally offended. But I am personally offended if they don't talk to you. And that's the whole point of the media, the conduit between the players, the clubs, the game, and you the fan. But here's the other thing. I don't want to be talking about unions and player contracts and boycotts. It's all kind of glaze over stuff, isn't it? Really is. I'm bored reading it after the first three paragraphs or the first 30 seconds on radio or news, but we have to talk about it because it's there and the players are doing this. The reason I also need to talk about it, and I will call this out every single day in every single sport, is hypocrisy. Yeah, it was a pretty crazy ending to the game. Obviously, I wish I got a few, a few more of those conversions to sort of get us, get us home. But um, yeah, obviously, the third goal helped, and um, the penalty in the end got us home. Yeah, it was a tough win. Um, done a pretty tough in the first half, but I think we came out in the second half and. Um, Improved a lot with our, uh, our defence and uh, 
some of the um, decisions we made off the ball, I think, was a bit better in the second half. We just had to be a bit smarter in some areas, and um, but saying that, the boys were pretty tough and hung in there, which was which was really good. You know, for our effort, we deserved a lot more, but silly mistakes and silly options uh, killed us. Yeah, there we go. There we got Titans and Dolphins players talking after Sunday's Golden Point match, talking to their club media for social media. Is there a media ban or is there not a media ban? Because I think there's a giveaway and a clue in the name of social media. You can't not do mainstream media, broadcast media, but then do social media. There's the hypocrisy in that. Is there a media ban or is there not? For the broadcasters, yeah, but their own clubs, no. So are they fair income about this stance that they're taking or are they not? It's a bit like it's a Clayton's industrial action, isn't it? The industrial action or the protest you're having when you're not really having a protest. I've got a few blank stares here. Clayton's, it's a drink, not alcohol. I'll tell you about it during the break. Um... But my question to you today, and there's a few of them, but it is around this. Did you miss the interaction with players? Was there a gaping hole in the coverage on radio or on TV because something was missing? The breathless interviews as they walked off at halftime, the inside word of what happened, how it happened. Did you miss it? Did you miss them? 131355-0467-736-736. Do you miss the players talking to the media? Well, not to the media, but talking to you over the weekend. I kind of hope you did because it is part of the storytelling of what we do within the game of, well, within the sporting game. It doesn't have to be rugby league. It can be any sport. We want to take you inside the inner sanctum as much as possible. And that's where the players come into it. The players are the ones we have posters of on the wall where our kids have posters of on the wall. It's not the coaches, it's not assistant coaches, it's not administrators, it's not footy managers, it's not team managers, it's the players. And this isn't about the media, as I said, we're just the messengers, the conduits between you and your club, your favourite players. I'd be fascinated to take your pulse on this. Did, Did you miss it? Today is not a game day, so we guess what? We get to hear from the players. In about half an hour's time, I'm going to take you behind enemy lines, live into Maroon's camp. Cannot wait for this. Billy's kids, they have a crack at becoming just the eighth team in origin history to clean sweep a series. Why are they so hard to come by, clean sweeps? In the 43 years of origin, or the 41 years since series started, there's only been seven clean sweeps. Four of them belong to Queensland. The last 13 years ago. After 10 o'clock, the former Broncos captain, who was part of the last Origin clean sweep, Darius Boyd, and perhaps some advice to the current crop of Maroons of how to not take this opportunity lightly to etch your name into history. I'm also going to be picking the brains of former Australian coach Darren Lehman. Great to have Buff on the show, as always. So much to dissect with the Ashes. Mitch Marsh, he's got to play the fourth test, doesn't he? He looks so, so solid. In fact, he, he was, I'd say, our best player. I mean, we obviously had bowlers who were picking up fifers, but as far as batsmen, scoring 100 in a session, the stroke making, you cannot drop Mitch Marsh. Can you? And here's the question. Can Mitch Marsh and Cameron Green 
both play. 13, 13, 55, 0, 4, 6, 7, 7, 3, 6. Lots to catch up on over the last fortnight. Ashes to right in our targets, right, and our sights. Look, who does drop out of the Australian team? Do they need to drop anyone out of the Australian team? I think we're panicking just a little bit, or at least the headlines seem like that. David Warner, he's failed at Headingley. Get him out of the team, please. David Warner, whilst averaging 23 on this Ashes tour, or at least this English tour, He's going all right, in my opinion. 185 runs, and that includes the World Test Championship against India. He put on 69 with Marnus in that World Test final, and that was after Usman got out very cheaply. In the first test, he had an opening stand of uh, 29 with Usman, then an opening stand of 73 in the second test. He was on fire at Lords. So scores of 43 and 1 against India. 9 and 36 in the first test, second test at Lords, 66 and 25. 4 and 1 at Headingley. He's had one bad test, but I tell you what, he wasn't alone. He had a lot of friends at Headingley. Marnus has been out of sorts. Steve Smith is kooky and as crazy as he is, he hasn't looked at ease at the crease. Uzi, he hot and cold, probably the most solid of our top order. So why are we picking on David Warner? I think he gets to keep his spot, don't you? I mean, the Australians are 2-1 up. 13, 13, 55, 0467736736. Warner, Green, Boland, Tactics, all ahead as we speak to Darren Lehman. Questions for the man who's been there and done it before. He knows English conditions well played and had a big stint in Yorkshire as well. Uh, we've also got the whiz. The whiz. We've also got the quiz. Are you a quiz whiz? <laughs> Two weeks. Come on, Betty. Fire up. Yes. Are you a quiz whiz? It's our last man standing quiz. Remember, the first five callers through on this, they get a second crack. That's right. They get a second crack at the quiz. We've got doubles to give away to our exclusive Origin Party. It's going to be a big three hours. The texts are lighting up, which is outstanding. But before we get to them, let's do this. And now, time for Ben's Snap Judgment. Yeah, NRL players, they should have their pay docked during industrial action just like everyone else. 13, 13, 55. Look, this isn't having a crack at the players. In my mind, in my view, they're able to flex their rights as employees just as you and I are. More power to them. Go your hardest. But this is about consequences for actions, about accountability. If you're a bus driver, a baggage handler or a builder, uh, a postie, a pilot, public servant, whatever you do in life. If you take industrial action, you don't get paid when you do it. A quick check on the Fair Work website tells us that. An employer is prohibited from making payment to an employee for the total duration that that employee is engaged in protected industrial action. Where the industrial action is taken in the form of a partial work ban, which is what we're seeing here because they're not fulfilling their workplace agreement in doing interviews with the broadcasters, proportional payment rules apply. The employer may give the employees a partial work ban notice that contains details of the proportion of reduction in payment. Alternatively, the employer may give a notice that no payment will be made to employees during the partial work ban. Fairworkaustralia.com.
It's right there, plain and simple, black and white for everyone to see. So to me, not talking to broadcasters is a partial work ban. So question to you this morning. Should NRL players have their pay docked when they're taking industrial action? 13 13 736 They're the numbers you need to be part of the conversation today. Or should they be allowed to just protest and go along their merry way unimpeded? As I said, I'm not touting this to have a crack at the players or come down on them. In fact, it's the opposite. It's to help them. Consequences for actions. Because far too often we see in this country, in fact, all over the world, athletes are given a pass. Rules that apply to us don't apply to them. You can have a look at lining up at nightclubs, getting in there, dress codes, never paying full freight for things, getting out of traffic fines or having a barbecue during lockdown. You name it. Sometimes the rules just don't apply to athletes. I know that's a generalisation and I know the majority do the right thing. It's stereotypical, but it happens. Turning a blind eye to something is a slippery slope. You start bending the rules there and turning a blind eye here, accountability is lost. And if you start there, where does it end? If you're led to believe that you're above everyone else, that the rules don't apply to you, then you tend to act accordingly. It's just human nature. Consequences for actions. Should NRL players, any athlete who take industrial action, should they be docked pay for it? 13 13 55 It's why I think players should be held accountable for this. As they're trying to hold the NRL accountable and the Rugby League Players Association accountable to get the deal done. And if you think they should be docked pay, where do you start? How much? What, 5%? 10%? Having a conversation over the last couple of weeks with a mate of mine, works within the industry. He said, you know, the simple way out of it is for broadcasters, SEN, Fox, Channel 9, whoever it may be, is when they have to pay their portion of the rights over the next quarter, the next month, whatever it happens to be, whenever that payment is due, just take a 10% discount. Because you're not getting what you paid for what you signed up for. The deal was done to have access to players, half-time, full-time, post-match, whatever it may be. So when that payment comes through, you just lop off 10% because we're not getting what we paid for. And that payment then has a knock-on effect because the NRL has to pay the clubs in the form of the club grant, which is, surprise, surprise, exactly the same amount as the salary cap. So that 10% gets knocked down to the NRL, which then gets knocked down to the clubs, which then gets knocked down or passed on to the players. It's a very simple solution. The broadcasters say 10% off. The NRL gets 10% less money, means the clubs get 10% less money, which means the players get 10% less for this period. That's pretty simple. It's pretty basic. It's pretty rudimentary but it is consequences for actions. So what do you think? 13, 13, 55, 0, 4, 6, 7, 7, 3, 6, 7, 3, 6. Not going to get bogged down in details of who needs to do what and who's asking for this and who's asking for that. What we do know right now, there is a boycott on. There's a protest. There's industrial action.
shouldn't players have to put their money where their mouth is? Uh, yes, ominous music from Slam and Sam, our resident, resident blue, heading into State of Origin tomorrow night. Yes, State of Origin pump-up songs. Um, why I'm saying it's ominous, it has a bit of a death march to it as well as you're walking into battle, but the death march could very well be coming from the Gold Coast. We're getting reports through, which we are trying to substantiate, we are trying to get confirmation of, that the Suns and Stewie Jew have parted ways, i.e. they have sacked Stuart Jew. Uh, the chairman, Tom Brown, uh, my colleague at Channel 7, is reporting returned from an overseas break yesterday. It's an evolving situation, a developing story. Uh, I know that we were supposed to be speaking to one of the Suns players, but before we came on air today, um, they were pulled and said, can we do it tomorrow? Something's come up. So I'm reading between the lines here, but we're trying to get confirmation from the Gold Coast Suns that Stuart Jew has coached his last game, which is sad. Stuart Jew's a tremendous bloke. Uh, as a coach, he seemed to be getting them on track, but then just as they seem to be getting on track, they fall over for a quarter like they did against uh, Collingwood on the weekend. Um, if you're on the Gold Coast, numbers the same, 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Uh, we'll get uh, confirmation of that breaking news as it comes to hand. Uh, speaking of Gold Coast, uh, Jim's been waiting patiently on the line from Telebudret. Jim, good morning. How is the coast this very fine Tuesday? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, mate. I'm actually in Brisbane at the moment. <laughs> You've made the trek up the M1. Outstanding. All right, what's on your yeah. mind? Mate, um, just been listening to a few media outlets talking about this players, uh, I wouldn't say it's strike, but action. Yeah. And once again, listening to your show today, it just seems to be so one-sided. I've never, no, one's, no one's mentioning Andrew Abdo or the NRL's point of view. All it is is the league, the players are being made out to be the bad guys. So the, the players, they're the ones that play the game. I don't see any administrators or any of the media that end up with concussion and their life's ruined from getting injured from league. These blokes are putting their bodies on the line and all they seem to want is is a fair go. That's all it seems. They're not, they're not asking for anything overs. It might be overs with money, but for what they do, I think they're well paid, but they deserve it because I think the lifespan's only a couple of years for the average player. Yeah, and I Jim, just don't think they're getting a fair go, honestly. Yeah, Jim, 100% agree with you on that. The fact that players, you have a short lifespan as far as careers are concerned. And you know what? I'm always of the belief that you're worth what someone is willing to pay you. So if someone wants to pay you $5 million to, to play a sport, well, then that's your market value. It's the same for your house. It's only worth what someone's willing to pay. Um, but I will pull you up on a couple of things. Um, I, I'm not having a crack at the players. And as I as – I, as I was at a pains to say that I'm actually trying to help them. I, I, I'm trying to give them some sort of accountability when it comes to taking industrial action, that if there are consequences for actions and they should have their pay doctor as you or I would, if we were doing the same sort of thing, a partial ban, striking, whatever it may be. I know that players need to be looked after. I, I've heard Clint Newton speak at length about this and I, sometimes find it interesting. It can be glazed over because at the end of the day, the fans really care. They they care about what their team does. They care about the performance. I I might be wrong and I'm happy to be taken to task on that. Fans might care about this, but in my experience, it is a glaze over effect. But 
It is front and centre of what's happening right now on the eve of State of Origin. They've made a point of it. I'm not having a crack at them. I think they can do whatever they want as far as industrial action, but you've 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 got to you're either in or you're out. And if you're in, everyone's got to stop talking to media, and that's your club media as well, social media as well. And if that's the case, then you do get paid docked. But they they've got no other recourse. Like the media, if they they don't know that they don't want to strike. What else can they do? It's just that we're only hearing one side of the argument. We're not hearing from the NRL why they won't. I heard Clint Newton on another station the other day, and he got carved up by Gordon Tallis, who just seems to be the one that the attack dog for the media now heard, that Kenny's gone. Heard the, heard the same so, heard the same thing. I don't know if Gordy carved him up to tell you the truth. I thought Clint oh, held his ground. Oh, that's what I thought. I know that's what that's what's really got me riled up because I really thought Clint Newton was real good. What he yeah. said, he's trying to do the best for everyone, and certain media outlets are just trying to make a big story out of it. When I don't think the players deserve it, they just want what's owing. But yeah. no one really knows. Abdo hasn't come out and said, "Oh, we're not going to do." They just want them to go to the table. That's what Clint Newton said fifty times: "Just bring them to the table. That's yep. all we want." Yeah, so exactly they, right. Volandis and Volandis and Abdo. They're businessmen running a business. I can see their point of view, but in the end, sometimes something's got to give. They've got to knock their heads together and come to some sort of agreement. It's like it's like any mediation. If you've if you've been through uh, if you've been through a separate God, if you've been through a separation, divorce with your with your with your partner. I mean, it's the same thing that happens. You've got to come together and find some common ground. Hey, Jim, thank you for your call. Thank you for being part of the show. Do, do you agree with Jim? Oh, look, I. I know, and I'm not getting into that stuff that Jim was talking about today because it does get a bit of a glaze-over effect, I believe. There was 100 points that the NRL came back and said no to. I'm not going to go through and list the 100 points that the RLPA and the NRL can't agree on. God, that would be boring as. But what I will call that is hypocrisy. Are you having a media ban or you're not? Do you talk when there's a microphone in front of you or a camera in front of you or do you not? And it's okay. If you don't, that's with well within their rights. So I'm backing the players on that. But with that comes consequences, consequences for actions. Uh, getting reports through the Suns are holding a media conference in about two hours' time, half past 11. Uh, if you're just joining us for the first time today, it looks like the Suns and Stewie Jew have parted ways, getting multiple reports coming out of the Gold Coast on that. We are trying to get confirmation. Do not want to jump the gun, but where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, sadly, we think... It looks like Stewie Jew's days are numbered on the coast. Actually, maybe not, sadly. If you're a Suns fan, if you're a Coast fan, um, what happens now? Is it Damien Hartwick that comes in? I'm always of the belief, it doesn't matter if it's a player, coach, whatever you do in life, your position, someone at work, if you're going to get rid of someone, who's going to come in and do a better job? A better job. Who is that person? 13, 13, 55, 0, 4, 6, 7, 7, 3, 6, 7, 3, 6. Uh, Reuben Cotter is standing by for us down in enemy territory. We'll have a quick chat to him, Vanessa. Got a news hit. Thunderstruck is exactly what my next guest has been doing to New South Wales this entire series. How good has Reuben Cotter been? 92 tackles in two games of State of Origin. He leads the way as far as putting his body on the line. The next closest is Io from New South Wales, 85 tackles. Harry Grant, 73. He has played 80 minutes in both games this series. 
211 run metres. He is Mr. Reliable. He is Mr. Dependable. He is the man with the mullet. It's outstanding stuff. Reuben Cotter from inside Marone's camp in just a moment. Before we do that, let me get to some of these texts, which I've been meaning to do. Uh, we're crossing all gamuts here. We're talking cricket. We're talking origin. Uh, Pete just said, uh, Ben, wearing the Marone won't bother Matty White. He's a hallowed manly supporter. Giddy up. Welcome back. Yeah, Peach, great to be back. Uh, you'll have to get used to wearing that Queensland maroon, though. Uh, just on the cricket, Rodney, thank you for your text being part of the show. So the next text uh, test team, Carey to open, Marsh and Green to play, Hazelwood in bowling out. Carey to open. Oh, he does it in one day, doesn't he? And that's a bit like where Bazball's going. It's white ball cricket with a red ball. Carey to open. That's one I can put to... Uh, <laughs> to Darren Lehman after 10 o'clock today. Alex Carey to open. I'm writing that down. It's a new one. Rodney, thank you. Uh, this one uh, from, let me see, do, 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 do. George, a couple of Georges here. Um, absolutely, the players shouldn't get paid from November 1st if the CBA isn't sorted. Well, that's probably what's going to happen. Uh, George, appreciate that from Logan Village. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Look, uh, enough about protests, boycotts, because the man I was talking about before, who's been one of the most dependable, if not the dependable for the Maroons this series, is on the line. 92 tackles, 80 minutes in both games this series. He leads the way, puts his body on the line, and we are glad to have him on the line from inside enemy territory. Reuben Cotter. Reuben, happy Origin Eve to you, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. How's how is New South Wales? How is Sydney the day before Origin? You're walking around head high, showing off the maroon. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty cold this morning here down in New South Wales, but um, yeah, we haven't seen too many people yet. Uh, we've seen some passionate Queenslanders, which is a good sign down here. Um, you know, we're excited. Yeah. Oh, that's outstanding. You are on the verge of creating history. Um, how much has been spoken about the clean sweep and, and, and etching your name and your names into origin history? Because it hasn't happened too often. No, nah, yeah, it's been spoken about um, you know, a little bit from from Jono and, and um, you know, how important it is. Uh, you know, people remember clean sweeps and, um, you know, this game's huge. This game is um, we haven't been in this position since uh, 2010, was it? When we yeah, uh, when we got the clean sweep. So, you know, this opportunity doesn't come um, around very often. But uh, I think what's important is just um, focusing on you know how we've approached both the games, not worrying about the result, um, focusing on you know our, our game, our style of footy. So that's, that's what we do. Uh, players have been in this position in the past. Um, they have spoken after not achieving it and, and just saying it is one of the one regrets they've had. I mean, part of dynasties, but not having that clean sweep or not getting it to start with. They, many and multiple have regretted it. They've. It's almost, they said, we, we probably not partied too hard, but it, you know they did take the foot off the gas. They did enjoy themselves in game three. So man, I'm glad it's been spoken about. I'm glad someone like Jonathan Thurston talks about it because, again, when you look at everything he's achieved, the fact he's only been part of one clean sweep uh, is uh, is epic. One man who I know you've had a lot to do with, especially in the Australian camp, is, is Trevor Gilmeister, Gilly. He's been part of three clean, <laughs> clean sweeps for Queensland. But but can you, can you give me an insight to how much Gilly has had an effect on, on your game and just some of the 
the things that he was able to pass on to you during during uh, the World Cup camp? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a you know his style of footy was um, you know it's, it's, I, I think it's uh, similar to my style of footy, and you know, I was able to take a few tackle techniques off of him, and um, you know he's just a he's just a great bloke. Um, he's a good bloke to uh, have a chat to, and he's always there for you. So yeah, uh, he was yeah. I, I took a liking to him over at the World Cup, and um, I've spoken to him since, and um, yeah, he's, he's just a good bloke. Hard, hard not to like, is he? What, what, what's, what's the one thing that has stood out in your mind about about Gilly and 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 what he said to you, or the advice, or something he's showing you? Oh, it's probably hard to pick one thing. Um, you know, he's just a real Queenslander, and um, you know, so many people look up to him, including myself. And um, you know, the way the way his style of footy is, it sort of epitomises. Um, you know, the, the, the Queenslander and the Queenslander spirit. And, um, you know, that sort of physical style of footy is something that I've tried to take into my game. So it probably, probably wouldn't just pick one thing. It's just, you know, how he goes about his business. Mate, it's bloody it's bloody working because I know you just said it. I, I he, you like to think you're a modern day Gilly. Well, I tell you what, you are a modern day Gilly. That that's that's what I see, and that's that's why we love we love watching you. Um, any ideas how it's going to play out for you, Game Three? I mean, I know you weren't planning to play 80 minutes in Game One, but you did it. You did it in Game Two. Uh, is it everything as per programmed, or have you got an insight into us about uh, for us about what's going to happen tomorrow night as far as your role? Uh, no, she's pretty, uh, you know, pretty uh, normal. I won't give too much away, um, but uh, it should be pretty stock standard, I, I think. And uh, you know, I say that now, but anything can happen. It's Origin footy, so um, you know, we'll wait and see. And uh, whatever job you know I have to do for the team is, is anywhere on the field. That's what I'll do. So. I know Gilly's mantra was you just smash anything in a blue jersey, but that, it's a very different looking Blues lineup this time around. Is it how, how much work have you had to put into to them and their different styles and and what everyone brings from a Jake Trebojevic, your old World Cup teammate, to a to a Cody Walker and a Bradman Best. Yeah, we've had a little look uh, during the week, and you know we've done some video and and whatnot, and you know we've acknowledged the changes they've made and. Um, they've, you know, they're there to play footy, and um, you know it's something that we'll have to, uh, you know, be focused on as our defence, and it's something that we've focused on for the past two games. So, um, you know, we've, we've had a big discussion about it, but you know, not too much will change um, with how we approach the game, and we talk about building our game, and um, you know, winning the small moments, and the big moments will come. So, uh, that's what the that will be our focus tomorrow night. Reuben Cotter, my guest this Tuesday morning, Origin Eve. Reuben, it wasn't uh, only 12 months ago that you're in the same position as Corey Horsburgh. How's the big red-headed Raider going? Yeah, he's good. He's a great fella. He's good to come on camp. And, uh, you know, I played a bit of footy with him in, in the under-20s. So um, yeah, he's, a, he's a real character of a bloke and I'm so excited for him. He, he, deserves, he deserves all of it, so... Yeah, well, we know every team needs a redhead, and we know what he does on the field, off field, yeah. off field, uh, off field. Yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty uh, sort of calm and collected. He plays a bit of cards, he plays a bit of golf. Um, 
don't know, it's just a, it's just like a bit of a lark and a bit of a, you know, funny sort of personality and, um, yeah, he's, he's a good bloke. We like it. Is he, uh, is he going to start? Okay, let let me rephrase that. In your first game, would you want to start or would you like to just sit on the bench and and, and get into it uh, later? Uh, If it was my first game, you know, obviously, you probably probably ask anyone and they'd probably like to start. So, um, you know, we'll find out tomorrow night where, where Big Rude comes. Um, and do it, and um, you know, I'm sure he's, you know, he's been playing some great footy. So excited to see see how he goes and, and take the field with him. He has indeed, mate. He has indeed. Listen, all the best. Really appreciate you taking time out of uh, of Origin Eve to have a chat to us. What, what, what's on the agenda now? I know you've got the captain's run in what about four hours? Half past one. What What do you do between yeah, now and then? Yeah. Uh, I'm out, out with Brecky, uh, out with the boys from Brecky at the moment, and then uh, I'll see some family, family before lunch, and then uh, you know we'll be, be getting ready to, to go to the stadium and, and prep for tomorrow night. So outstanding, uh, pretty, pretty you know, sort of calm sort of day. So yeah. nice one, mate. That's brilliant stuff. Well, you fly that maroon loud and proud for us tomorrow night, and uh, stick it up the blues, make it a clean sweep, and etch your name into history. You already have, and we love the way you play. Keep playing uh, that way, Ruben, and we look forward to uh, seeing you boys tomorrow night. Awesome, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Um... There we go. Ruben Cotter, direct from Maroon's camp, behind enemy lines. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. It's got Trevor Gilmeister's fingerprints all over it the way he plays. I know he came into Origin last year and just made an instant impact, but you need players like him, don't you? 92 tackles every minute of every game so far this year in the Origin series. He's got to be up there for perhaps Wally Lewis medalist, doesn't he? We'll see how it all pans out tomorrow night. 13, 13, 55, 0, 4, 6, 7, 7, 3, 6, 7, 3, 6. Did I mention we've got tickets to give away? Yes, we do. Tickets to give away to our exclusive Origin party. It's at the Sporting Globe tomorrow night. Logan Home, you've got Sats, Matty Rogers, Andrew Forbes. I'll be calling our very Maroon bias call. We make no apologies for that. They'll be doing it from the Sporting Globe, and you can be there with them with a mate as well. A uh, number of ways you can do it. Be the best caller of the day. We've got a clubhouse leader so far, Jim down at Talabudra, uh, and also our quiz after 11. It's a big three hours coming up. We're at 9.44 on a Tuesday morning, 17 degrees in the best city and the best state and the best country in the world here on SEN. Take a quick break. Back with more in a moment. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, and what a morning it is. Origin Eve, but it is also the curtain call for Stewie Dew and the Suns. Is there ever a phrase you don't want to hear? We have the full support of the board as a coach. Mark Evans, the CEO of the Suns, he said that last week, didn't he, uh, for Stewie Jew after the Collingwood game where they were uh, trounced at, at home in front of a sellout crowd and now again after Port Adelaide. So you've got the two top-of-the-table teams. I mean, what were they expecting? Still, you have a look at Stewie Jew's record and even though he has been the longest-serving coach at the Suns, 
Uh, his uh, his uh, record is not good. Sitting at around about 30%. Has not won more than 10 games in a season. Right, let's bring in Michael Whiting from uh, AFL.com. He's our go-to man in the world of AFL. And uh, he's been all over the Suns and Stewie Jew. Fish, good morning to you. Uh, has this come as a shock or should we have expected it? Hey, Benny, good morning. Mate, the timing came as a shock to me. Maybe not the decision, but the fact they pulled the trigger with, uh, what have we got, seven rounds remaining. I thought they'd let the season play out. The expectation and the hope was to make finals this year, and I thought we'd at least see that out and then make a judgment at the end of the season. So, yeah, the timing surprised me. Maybe not the decision. Uh, let, let's, let's step through it. Who, who, who takes over as, uh, as of this week? So this week, the senior assistant, Stephen King, will take over this week and for the remainder of 2023 while they start the search for a new coach. And I think most people listening and most people that follow the AFL will, will realise where their search will start, yeah. <laughs> being Damien Hardwick. And, uh, but in the meantime, it'll be uh, Stephen King, who's had a long um, career in coaching. He's spent 10 years at Western Bulldogs. He's been at the Suns for a couple of years now. So he'll, he'll uh, coach the last seven games of the season. All right. So as I mentioned, they've, they've come off two losses uh, in a row against uh, against the, the two teams that are top of the ladder, Collingwood and Port Adelaide. Um, sitting 13th at the moment, but uh, only one win or one and a half wins out of the, out of the top eight and out of playing finals. Do, do we write them off for the rest of the season, Fish? I mean, it's hard to see it now. Benny, I gave them a very small flicker of hope um, by the start of this round. I think they've got to win six out of their last seven. Very unlikely, to be fair. But while there's a chance, there's a chance. They play a St Kilda team this weekend that's struggling. They then play the GWS Giants away from home. There's always that if they win those couple, you never know. But I think now there's obviously a bit of turmoil. Um, senior coaches left. You've got an interim coach. Uh, it's hard to see them making the finals from here now. Mate, I, I can tell you're on your way down to the coast now, about to jump on the oh, yeah. train and, 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 and head yeah. down there. But uh, what, what, what's the intel you're getting out of it? Uh, what, what are you hearing from the coast? Is, is it to the reasons why? I mean, obviously it's performance-based, but is there anything, is it the fact that Damien Hardwick is, is waiting in the wings that the trigger's been pulled now? But they won't say that, Benny, obviously. You know how footy clubs work, but... Clearly, that's been the catalyst. I can't see another reason why you would jump at this stage of the season. Even that in mind, I'm surprised they jumped. They're not competing against another club for Damien Hardwick. There's, there's no other clubs looking for a senior coach at the moment. So, um, But that would appear to be. We get our chance to ask at 11.30 when the chairman and the CEO front a press conference, which I'm on my way down to now, as you can hear with the, uh, the train stations rattling away in the background. Um, but yeah, it's... it's it seems like that would be one of the reasons why you'd go now to, to chase Damien Hardwick. Uh, all right. They uh, face up against St Kilda Saturday afternoon, and that is uh, at home o- on the Gold Coast. So it'll be interesting to see what effect this has. We always know about the bounce-back factors, uh, backing coaches or backing teams that have just uh, sacked their coach, regardless of uh, what sport. Um, Stewie Jew, is this the last you think we'll see of him in the AFL? I mean, we, we, we know that Suns coaches who've moved on in the past have, have well, we see what Ken Hinckley's doing at Port Adelaide now. Um, and, yeah, and um, do, you, do you think this is the last we may have seen of, of Stewie Jew? Because, I, look, I know the players, the, the players really liked him and respected him, didn't they? 
They did, Ben. Like they obviously retention of young talent has been a problem for Gold Coast for a, a big part of its history mm. until now. I mean, in the last five or six years since Dewey's been there, they've got a great retention rate. Yes, Isaac Rankin left at the end of last year, but Ben King, Jack Lacosius, Noah Anderson, Matt Rowe, all these highly talented and highly drafted kids have signed their future uh, at least for the six-year mark of their career for all of them. So uh, that, they, I think that in terms of that, the players have supported him and he has set a good foundation for the incoming coach, whoever that is. Um, sorry, mate, I've lost track of my thought there with your first question. Is it the last, sorry, is it the last we'll see of Stewie Dew? Yeah. I think there's certainly, there's certainly been a, a pattern in recent years in the AFL. First-time coaches that get sacked, they don't get a, 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 a head coaching job straight away. They often have to go back through as an assistant with the hope of getting a senior job further down the track. Uh, we saw that with Michael Voss in Brisbane. Got sacked yeah, from his first so. job, went back as an assistant and came back as, as now a Carlton coach. So I don't think it's the last we'll see of him. It just might be a little while before we see him as a senior coach again. Fish, good on you, mate. We'll let you get down to the coast and uh, we'll hear those questions uh, coming from michaelwhitingafl.com.au. Uh, Stu- Stuart Jew, but it won't be Stuart Jew's press conference. Actually, I wonder if Stuart Jew will be there. Uh, at the media conference. We know the Gold Coast Suns are holding one at half past 11, so just over an hour and a half time. We'll bring that to you. Um, I, I, I always feel that the first media conference that, uh, be it a player, be it a coach, that if they've been let go, sacked, whatever you want to call it, from a team, their first media conference after that is basically their first job interview. How they handle themselves and then how they move forward from that it goes to show uh, what else uh, what else they have, shows the class and quality and the calibre of the, the, the person as well. Uh, 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. 10 past 10, uh, this is what we know, that Bob East, the new Gold Coast Suns chairman, uh, he was overseas on a mid-year break, flew in and flew home yesterday. So cut that break short. There was a board meeting by the Gold Coast Suns and it was determined then that Stewie Jew would not continue his role as senior coach. This is, despite re-signing him last year till the end of 2024. Uh, in a release of uh, from the Suns, uh, the chairman has said, we feel we have a great opportunity to achieve success with this group, but haven't seen the improvement we were after in 2023. Seven wins so far this season. So what are they now? Seven and nine. And they uh, were just felled by the two ladder leading teams, which don't worry, plenty have been along the way too. Uh, we feel I have a great opportunity to achieve success. We're prepared to make the tough decisions in pursuit of that success. Stewart's made a significant contribution to this footy club, uh, dedicating countless of hours towards helping establish a platform from which our club can grow, and I'd like to take this opportunity to thank him, uh, his wife, Sarah, and family over the last six years. So, yeah, he departs as the Gold Coast's longest-serving coach. Uh, 121 games he was in charge of, 36 wins. Yeah, the stats are damning, aren't they, when you look at it that way? 30% win rate, 84 losses and a draw. And as Michael Whiting told us, Stephen King, the assistant coach or senior assistant coach, will serve as interim coach for the remainder of 2023. Uh, Suns fans, 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Who's on your hit list? Uh, Damien Hardwick has got to be a dollar on one favourite, doesn't he? Uh, outside of that, who else? What needs to be the missing ingredient for the Suns? Is it a culture issue? Um, no, they're, they're retaining players. 
Stewie seems to have set up a, a, a good base down there and a place that players want to come to rather than run from. Uh, does it need to be able to attract the colour of players? I mean, having Damien Hardwick in charge, it would make it a very interesting, very interesting def- destination for those who are free agents and wanting to come to the Gold Coast. 13-13-55-0467-736-736. I know Lockie Neal spoke this morning out at Springfield too. Um, we'll bring you some of that uh, as the morning winds on. Uh, this has uh, developed and uh, engulfed as the AFL story of the day with the Suns. But uh, Lockie Neal, uh, they've got a, a massive match this Friday night, prime time at the MCG against Melbourne, the Demons. Remember last year, the semi-final, the Lions went to the MCG, hadn't won there in 14 hitouts and buried their demons, exorcised the demons. There's no Clayton Oliver this time as well. It's going to be a hell of a match come Friday night. We'll hear from the Lions co-captain before midday today. Uh, Straight after this, a quick break, back with more of your texts and we'll be picking the brains of Darren Lehman. Boof, the former Australian coach, he's been there and done it before as far as Ashes are concerned and has played and spent a fair time in England. What has Manchester got in store for the Aussies? Warner stay? Go? Boland? Does he go out? Who comes in? And Mitch Marsh, you can't drop the big bison, can you? Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Do you fear maybe momentum has shifted in England's favour here? Uh, not really, no. Why not? Uh, too long. <laughs> Ah, yes, solar panel, Pat. What about that as a comeback? It's one of the best answers ever. Momentum shifted in the ashes, really. It's been close. Anyone's tests uh, in this entire series. Uh, Where to now for the Australia? Well, where to now? It's obviously Manchester in 10 days' time. So tomorrow week uh, we have uh, some downtime for the Aussies. They'll regroup, and Pat Cummins has left selection open in saying that Cameron Green is expected to be back, Josh Hazelwood uh, fit for selection. One person who won't be there is Matt Renshaw. Why the hell is he coming home? Uh, Listen, all these questions we get to talk about with the man who's been there and done it before. He knows English conditions pretty well, spending some time in Yorkshire. Darren Lehman, boof, very good morning to you, mate. Happy Origin Eve. Good morning, Benny. How are you, mate? (laughs) All the better for talking to you, mate. Have you had much sleep (laughs) over the last four weeks? None, mate. None. It's been unbelievable. <laughs> Riveting cricket, isn't it? Every day in, day out. I mean, I think, you know, over three test matches, 49 runs separates separate the size. That's how close it's been over three test matches. And, you know, Aussie's in front, but it's really close. Yeah, it's outstanding, isn't it? Now, I know the English press are, oh, can you feel the momentum changing, the momentum swinging? Pat Cummins with a great answer. No, mate, 2-1. Uh, <laughs> but I'm seeing headlines about David Warner. Oh, time's up. He, you know, he's got to go. Like, come on, fair dinkum. David Warner, I, I, I feel I feel he, he hasn't really done anything wrong. He's had one bad test, but he had a few friends there at, uh, at uh, Headingley. He did. I'm actually with you, Benny. He batted really well. Without his 66 at Lords, we lose that game. You know, he yeah. played really well both test matches in the morning of getting sent in on green wickets, both test matches. Yes, they flattened out, but he did a job for us with Usman Khawaja, and that was a big reason we won those two test matches. So I think they'll keep him for one more. Yes, he's probably on wood, isn't he? It's going to be tough. He, he needs to get some runs, otherwise the calls will just kill out. But knowing Davey, he's a fighter, isn't he? He's got that 200 in Melbourne. Um, I think he'll come out ultra-aggressive and take Stuart Broad on in this test match. So it'll be a really interesting 
dynamic, what happens in Old Trafford. Look, selection of Green's fit, you know, it's hard to drop Mitch Marshall. He made a great 100 and kept us in the game. Uh, yeah. Played well both innings and got wickets. So it'll be interesting to see which way they go there. Right. I, I think at the moment they're probably keeping Warner um, and either Green or Marsh miss out. Hazelwood comes back in for bowling. All right, there we go. Tick off. We uh, thank you, Darren Lehman, joining us for the. No, <laughs> we, we solved all the problems. Uh, mate, I'll get to the all rounders in a second. Even though you've just given us a prelude to to what you're thinking, but the easy question would be to ask David Warner: Does he stay or go? You've said he stays. What does David Warner bring to a lineup, an Australian lineup, but also to an opposition? I mean, there's 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 more than form when it comes to to David Warner, isn't there? Well, there's a bit of fear, isn't there? Uh, like the simple fact that he could go off and actually take a game away. And if he does that in the next test match, we win the Ashes. So I think the selectors will probably go one more. I, I think they'll have that back of their mind. England will be going, we've got to keep him down. They'll be hoping Broad gets him early. Look, the hard thing is Broad's got his measure. We obviously know that. He's got to change something. And I think David will go ultra-aggressive against him. If he does that and comes off, well, you're ahead of the game. So... I think they'll go that way. Um, and if he gets going, we saw it in uh, MCG against South Africa. When he got going, he got 200. Yeah. So if he gets going and goes big, look out. Well, I remember watching the, the the Lord's Test and they were showing how much David Warner has changed his stop from 2019, the last time he was out here. They had the split screen. They showed the different uh, techniques, his stance, his head over the ball. So we know he can do it. We know he's changed it. And he may have slipped into old habits at Headingley. But, um, yeah, whether he can change it and uh, for Manchester, well, we've seen that he, he can. He has that ability to. So um, we look forward to it. Here's my other thing, Buff. If not David Warner, Who? Because they've put Matt Renshaw on a plane home. What's going on there? Well, yeah, that's right. Well, they've got Marcus Harris as well, isn't they? So they're trying to get Matt Renshaw with some cricket, I suppose, somewhere. Um, but Harris is the incumbent. So you would think, depending on what happens in this test match, uh, that, that's why I think they'll also stick with David for one more. Mm. Hard to change. Uh, you know, the, the way we're going, we're 2-1 up. Let's, you know, it's been so close. We're still 2-1 up, and we haven't played our best cricket. That's a good thing, good sign for us. Where I think England are playing... You know, as good as they probably can. You know, they're hanging in there. They're taking the game on. But, you know, if we get it right with the ball, we'll create pressure. And I think Old Trafford is a flatter wicket. Uh, it'll spin and reverse. So Murphy comes into his own. So will Moe and Ali, to be fair. Uh, if we play Moe better than we did in the last Test match, that'll help. Uh, and then you've got Hazelwood, Stark and, and Cummins. It's a pretty good three, uh, three-pong pace attack. Michael Nessa, unlucky, probably misses out again. Um, and that's just a shame for Queenslanders. But at the end of the day, you know, they've got a quality side. I think if they play to their potential or certainly close to it, mm. you know, they'll they'll get a three one lead. Victorian conspiracy was the uh, was floated this morning on, on Patton Heels' show with one of the listeners texting in saying that Renshaw um Renshaw's uh, well, no longer part of the squad. Is he actually on that? Is he coming back to Queensland? Do, do you know? Is he is he coming? Yeah, he will be. He'll be yeah. back uh, back soon. I think he's trying to play a game or have a, a mini break. Then he's back getting ready for Queensland summer. Okay, so so Renshaw, and we know that um, Michael Neese has been sent back to Glamorgan to get some cricket into him, which is I, I can understand that. But it leaves the Victorians there, doesn't it? In in Harris and perhaps you know Boland, if that was going to be the the change. So the Victorian conspiracy is on. Isn't it? No, no. You, pick the best. <laughs> you don't have conspiracies, Benny. When you're the Australian coach, you just pick the best side you think is possible to win the game, best squad, whatever it may be. You don't look at what state they come from. 
Uh, I mean, if that was the case, I would have picked all South Australians and Queenslanders when I was coach. <laughs> and I very rarely picked a South Australian. And I, I didn't pick a lot of Queenslanders, Kawaja, you know, Renshaw and all those sort of blokes. So you, you naturally have uh, you know, that, that theory going out there. But look, that doesn't happen. You know, McDonald and the selectors with George Bailey, Dottomade, they'll be working out the best 11 to play, whether they're from Queensland, New South Wales, Tasmania, South Australia, or wherever. Can you play Mitch Marsh and Cameron Green in the same side? Only if David Warner's not playing. You know, so the the rest you just can't fit in. So uh, unless it's really dry and they go with the extra all-rounder, which I don't think they'll do, they'll need the three quicks if it's dry because it'll reverse. Stark will be effective, Hazelwood, Cummins, as we know, and then you need the spinner of line, uh, not line, Murphy, sorry. So I think you can't fit him in, so they'll have to make a tough call on one of them um, and then work it out from there. Darren Lehman, my guest uh, this morning, uh, the fourth Ashes Test live here on SEN coming next Wednesday, the 19th of July. So we've got a bit of time to catch up on that sleep. But just one, one final one before I let you go. The, the, the tactics employed by the Aussies uh, when it comes to fielding and, and field placements, uh, I know I, I, I can understand why they've been doing what they're doing. And actually, they're successful because they lead 2-1. But it is really touch and go, isn't it? When you know Bazball's coming, you know they're going to – try and belt it out of the park so you put blokes on the fence to perhaps get the one that falls short. Should we continue doing that or do you, would you like to see more of an orthodox attacking you know, at the tail end you know, start start getting an attacking field in there and play a bit more conventional? Well the grounds are smaller in England so the short pitch bowling, if they get a top edge we'll go for six which we saw with Wood. Yeah. Uh, Old Trafford's bigger square so you can get away with that a little bit more. In terms of tactics, I mean, it's hard to criticise when you're 2-1 up, isn't it, Benny? Well, it uh, is. I mean, I'd like to see probably a little bit more uh, conservative in terms of, or conventional, sorry. When they first come in, don't give them the easiest single to get off the mark. That's when you're most nervous as a batsman, uh, when you first go to the wicket. So I'd like to see them start normal and then uh, go the other way to save the run. So, but having said that, look, they've obviously dug deep into the statistics of baseball yeah. and how it's all going and how it plays out. So... Yeah, credit to Paddy and, and Andrew McDonald and all the coaching staff and selectors and, and senior players, for that matter, for actually saying we've got to play a different way. Very un-Australian, if you like, but play a different way to you know win in England, which we haven't done since 2001. We obviously 2-0, 2-0 last time, mm. uh, so we retain it. That's, that's the first, everyone forgets that. You know, you, you've got to win England. Yeah, to, their first goal is to retain the Ashes. We don't want the English to have the Ashes. No. That's a simple fact. We've got, to, we've got to actually draw one of these next one or, or win it, obviously, and you win the Ashes. But if we draw, we retain the Ashes. So that's first port. And if we do that, that means they haven't held them for a long time. You know, that's a long time, 10 years, roughly it'll be. I suppose they've had a couple of cracks in Australia, haven't won a test match. Uh, and then, you know, we've played quite well in England. So things are turning and they haven't got the Ashes. So that's first port. Try and retain and then uh, obviously win from there. Always the voice of reason and sensibility, mate. Great to talk to you. Appreciate it. Uh, your time. <laughs> yeah, don't know about sensibility or reason, <laughs> but thank you, Benny. I was talking you up, Darren Lehman. Thank you, mate. We'll chat again before the series is out. I'm no doubt about that. 28 minutes past 10. Um, Boof, do you agree with what he was saying and the tactics employed and who stays and who goes? So he was saying, yeah, Hazelwood comes straight back in for bowling. That's a no-brainer. The Marsh, geez, it's going to be hard to drop him and give David Warner another go. Uh, again, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? It was one test. And David Warner had a lot of friends there not living up to their ability at Headingley. And it was still pretty close.
wasn't it? I, I know it was done inside of four days, probably three days if it wasn't for the rain. But we were glued to every ball even towards the end, thinking just need one wicket here, one or two wickets, and then bang, it's all over. England winning by three. Mitch Marsh, 118 in that first inning, set it up. But as Buff pointed out, David Warner, if he doesn't score that 66 at Lords, we don't go 2 1 up in the Ashes or 2 0 up at the time. 13 13 55 0467 to 736 736. 29 past 10 time for a news hit. Get involved anytime. Text 0467 736 736 or call 13 13 55. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Plays the ball then on five. Lockyer again. They're trying to go quickly from Greg, Greg Inglis and now Boyd. Darius Boyd is in to score. Darius Boyd has scored his sixth origin try. And at the 20th minute, Queensland lead 4 nothing. Uh, yeah, there we go. That was Game 3, 2010, the first try of that match. The sixth origin try, according to Ray Warren, for my next guest. He ended up scoring plenty, 17 of them in 28 games too. How good is that? Darius Boyd, a very good morning to you, mate. Origin Eve, it's a great time of year, isn't it? Morning, mate. Yes, great time of year. It's even better when we've already locked up the series. Well, that's my next question because locking up the series is one thing. Fantastic. We've got that in the bank. And I know it's something that you were a part of, part of that dynasty and you did on multiple occasions, but getting a clean sweep, that's next level. That's almost immortal-like in the Origin Series, isn't it? Because they're so hard to come by. Yeah, it is, mate. You're definitely right. Yeah, I think, you know, when you think about the dominance of Queensland over those that period of time, um, you know, and- Lucky enough, managed to win. You know, have one clean, clean sweep, which is in yeah, 2010. So, um, you know, Origin's always close. Uh, it's very hard to win all three, have a clean sweep, clean sweep, and it's obviously going to be a challenge uh, for the Queensland team to go down to you know, enemy territory uh, in New South Wales and try and get the job done um, tomorrow night. Yeah, 2010 was the last time there was a clean sweep in Origin. It was a team that you were part of. Um, it was a team that you joined, 2008. You made your Origin debut. And I know there were chances for, for clean sweeps along the way for, for that dynasty team. And I know that there were um, players who almost regretted not doing more, more of them because it was almost like a something on the resume, but also that final frontier to really to really rub it in. What, what would be the key? For this, for, that you would tell this group of players, uh, enable to make Origin history tomorrow night. Yeah, I think you kind of touched on the head. I think it's about that making history and being a part of that team that um, you know, goes down in you know, folklore as the team that was able to do that. Like, like you said, it's very hard to achieve, and I'm sure Bill's got the you know, the team fired and ready to go, and, and showing them and knowing how important it is and what it means to you know, not just them and their families, but, you know, all of Queensland and, um, you know, they can be a part of history of um, going down to enemy territory and, and getting the job done is even harder. So it'd be a special occasion if they can manage to achieve it. I always love picking the brains of Darius Boyd. Darius, I, I, I found an article that you wrote back in 2021 and it was about the keys to success and why Queensland... Uh, the five reasons why Maroons were, were having that origin success, because you were part of, what, 10 series? I think you, you won nine of them. But there's five reasons for Queensland's dominance in, in that uh, last decade. The winning culture is one of them. But the other is, or one, the second point is, not about having the best athletes. Yep. 
Yeah, I think when I think about Origin, I think about you know the way we've picked you know, in our Queensland teams over the years. Um, you know, it's not always having um, the guys that do all the flashy stuff. I think about when I think about Queensland players. You know, Nate Miles comes to my mind. Um, you know, certain players that you know, Dallas Johnson, David Stagg, these type of guys that just get their job done. They work hard. They never let their mates down. Um, they're guys that just you know. Um, put their head where other people wouldn't put their foot. And I think that's something that we've you know, picked on a, for a number of years. And you can think about the guys that are in the current Queensland team now. You think about you know, Reuben Cotter plays well above his weight. You know, Lindsay Collins has been outstanding this, this series. Uh, but they're guys that aren't probably, don't get all the fanfare, don't get all the media hype and attention. Uh, but they're guys that just go out and, and really work hard and do their job and never let their mate down. And I think that's something that Queensland's picked and done really well over a long period of time. And I think maybe... New South Wales having so many different players to choose from. Sometimes, in my opinion, they, they get it wrong. They get confused, don't they? The luxury of having too many players can be a curse. Everyone knowing their role, enjoying yourself. So there's the four, the fifth one. Always looking to improve. And this is the point where you mentioned 2009. Mal was always about looking to improve. You had the series locked up. You could have clean swept, but but you didn't. Yeah, well, that was definitely an opportunity missed, as you mentioned before. We were playing at, at Suncorp to be able to uh, get a clean sweep, and we didn't get the job done. And uh, looking back, you know, our preparation probably wasn't where it needed to be from a player's perspective, and it's something that we worked on for 2010 and managed to get the job done then. That, that was definitely an opportunity that went begging and went missed, and I think that's the key. It's, um, you know, wanting to improve, always, you know, wanting to get better, and uh, whether that's, you know, physically, mentally, you know, emotionally, but... Uh, I think it's just a good aspect to have in life. If you're always wanting to improve, never um, satisfied, uh, and you're always going to get good results from the back of that. Yeah, Darius Boyd, my guest uh, this morning, spent a lot of time on the wing for Queensland. Uh, you'd play anywhere for Queensland anyway, wouldn't you, Darius? But fullback is obviously a position that you know and and know extremely well. We, we have a, a new one uh, tomorrow night in, in AJ Brimson. He, he's been there before, but how much is that... And could that upset the the harmony, the the, the rhythm of the Maroons having a, a different combination of the spine? Yeah, no, I don't think it will upset too much. I think, you know, lucky enough, the, the head coach was a pretty handy fullback in his own right. So yeah, he went um, all right. He'll, I'm sure <laughs> he'll, I'm sure, want um, AJ to bring his own game. You know, Reese has his attributes, his, his strengths and weaknesses, and AJ has his own strengths and weaknesses too. So. Just wanting AJ to bring his game. He's played in Origin and Arena before, been successful. Um, he's been playing you know, really good football uh, at the Titans. And um, AJ's you know, game is, is, um, will work well for Queensland. And whatever his strengths are, um, he just needs to bring that for Wednesday night. Now he's got pace to burn, hasn't he? So it'll be interesting to see how, how they use that and getting him in, uh, getting him in at, at the line and, and into open space. We cannot uh, wait to see that, mate. I know you, you're still doing work at the Broncos, so off field and, and and on field. Some on the on field stuff. How's Reese been? Obviously, since well, the fact that he's missing this game, we all know what happened uh, since that ban. How, how have you found him over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, he's been he's been pretty heartbroken to be honest. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He's a good young kid. Um, you know, he always wants to improve, as we were just talking about before. Mm. He's a student of the game. He works really hard. He cares about his teammates. Um, he loves the game. Um, so he's definitely been disappointed, um, and rightly so. It's something that um, I'm hopefully he'll learn from and uh, and grow. He's still we just had his 21st birthday yesterday, so he's a young kid, um, still becoming a young adult and learning 
uh, all the tricks and the, so of the trade and what it means to become and be a professional athlete at the highest level. Um, but yeah, we should reach on a good path and he's got some good people around him at the Broncos. Man, I'm glad you use the word learn because that's what needs to come out of this, doesn't it? Whatever uh, misdemeanor you, you may have, uh, so long as you learn from it and, and get better from it. So are you seeing signs that that's happening? Yeah, definitely. I think that's it, right? It's something that, um, you know, they're all young, especially the Broncos. It's a young group. Um, they're highly talented and skilled, but they're still young young men at the moment, um, growing into their, you know, um, their characters and their personalities and learning what's right and wrong. And uh, they're going to make mistakes. And as long as they don't make the same one twice and they're learning and growing, um, that's all you can ask. Mate, you've also been busy off-field. And since you've hung up the boots, um, doing courses in science and well-being, psychiatry, mental health, emotional, social intelligence, athlete well-being management, accredited mental health uh, first aid instructor, um, counselling skills. You're part of the State of Mind uh, program with the NRL. How how busy does that keep you? Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a good mix, to be honest, mate. It's something that I'm really passionate about. Um, you know, I had my own mental health journey throughout my career and uh, my mum suffered from mental illness when I was younger, so it's something that I'm passionate about. Uh, it's nice to help others and give back where you can. And you know, I had a lot of um, you know important people in my life in different stages help me through some challenging times. So uh, yeah, I've been trying to learn a lot more about that space, well-being and mental health, and hopefully give back um, to my family, people I care about, and you know, the wider community as well. Do you find it's a growing area of the game? And I guess there's a good and bad side of that too. If It's good that there's the help there, but also if it's a growing area, it means more in needing help. Yeah, exactly right. I think it's an area that's you know, um, spoken a lot more about than it was 10 years ago, which is great. Uh, on the other hand, it just shows uh, the, the impact of mental health on, on you know, I think it's one and two Australians. So it's, it's something that, yeah, it's always... It's always going to be there, uh, more external pressures than ever, I think, in society today. So the more we can um, you know, put a hand and arm around somebody, you know, share experiences, you know, um, ask if they're okay and be there for support, uh, the better off we'll all be. Yeah, well said, mate. It's an important job that you're doing too, on field and off. Did you get an invite to Reese's 21st? No, I didn't. He didn't have a party, so to speak. We uh, actually went out for dinner uh, as a team thing for... Corey Oates' 200th game for the Broncos uh, this coming weekend. So there was um, a bit of birthday cake going around because it was actually Adam Reynolds' birthday on the same day. So it was nice to have uh, a bit of a celebration for those two birthdays and uh, for Corey's big 200th uh, this weekend. Birthday season. What about that? Thank you, mate. Insightful as always and uh, great to pick your brains. Darius Boyd uh, inside the Broncos camp but also giving us an insight as to what is facing the Maroons as they... Uh, etch and, or try to etch their names into the history books. There's been seven origin clean sweeps. New South Wales did the first in 86. Then Queensland went bang, bang, bang. 88, 89. Then you have to go to 95 with Gilly and Fatty's Nevilles. New South Wales did it in 96 and again in 2000 and then 2010. So, geez, a long time between drinks. In 1996, there's only been two since. And now we're, what, some 30, close to 30 years later, 25 years, do your maths, Ben. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. We're 10.52, standing by for the Suns media conference coming up after 11, but also, so is our quiz whiz. Are you it? 13, 13, 55.
Get involved anytime. Text 0467 736 736 or call 13 13 55. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Ten questions, one winner. Time for Mornings Quiz Whiz. And now here's our very cheap version of Tony Barber, Benny Davis. Ah, yes, cheap indeed. The numbers you need, 13, 13, 55, doubles to our exclusive Origin Party tomorrow night at the Sporting Globe up for grabs. Ten questions, last man standing. But remember, if you are an early participant, an early caller like John, like Damien, um, you will get a second chance if you muck up one of the questions. And when I say a second chance, another chance to call through because what we have found is that everyone is waiting until it gets to question eight and then bang, everyone chimes in. I get an incentive to get around that. Uh, 13, 13, 55. Call now. 11 minutes, uh, sorry, five minutes past 11 at half past 11. I'll be taking you to the Gold Coast, to the Suns, holding their media conference after the news that you've been hearing this morning that Stuart Jew and the Suns have parted ways. They have sacked their coach, their longest serving coach on the Gold Coast. Uh, all right, let me go to line one. Quick off the trigger. Damien is out at Windaroo. Damien, very good morning to you, mate. Um, how are you this Origin Eve? Oh, mate, just can't wait for Queensland to get out there and get the broom ready. Yeah, good man, good man indeed. All right, I hope you're wearing the maroon loud and proud. Even some 24 hours out, or what are we, 36 hours out now? Um, let me see. Question number one. Which two current Broncos players celebrated their birthday yesterday? Darius Boyd gave this away earlier in the program. Reynolds and Walsh. Reynolds and Walsh, we are off and running. Question number two. And as I look through these questions, we've got eight sports covered here. Eight different sports. This one is a rugby question. The Wallabies played their first game under Eddie Jones over the weekend. Who did they lose to? Uh, South Africa. South Africa indeed. Damien off to a flyer, two from two. Uh, Queenslander Cameron Smith of the golfing variety. He won six million. That was US uh, at uh, the Live Tournament in London over the weekend. Uh, he will defend which major championship next week? Uh, is it the US Open? Oh, no, 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 no. It's not the US Open. Ah, Damien, a very good start. And you do get a second chance. You can ring back in and recycle. Uh, Let's go to line number two. John, out of Chambers Flats. Good morning to you, mate. Hello, John. Hang on. Oh, there we go. We got you. Got you loud and clear now. That was all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. I said Chambers Flats. It's Chambers Flat, isn't it? Yes, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Where's it get its name from? Any idea? Not a clue. Okay. No, that's good. I just thought we could learn something today. All right. Uh, Cameron, yeah, sorry. Cameron Smith is going to defend which major next week, and it's not the US Open, as we just heard. The British Open. Yeah, the British Open indeed. All right, that was question number three. Only seven to go. 13-13-55, your chance to get to our exclusive State of Origin party tomorrow night at the Sporting Globe Double Up for Grabs. John is in the... He's in the, uh, well, he's in pole position so far. All right, question number four. Daily Cherry Evans will break the record for most consecutive starting appearances by Queensland halfback. 16 straight games. That's tomorrow night. Whose record does he break? Uh, 
Alan Langer. Alan Langer, yes, this is very good. Question number five. Get a bit of Bon Jovi ready because we're almost halfway there. Which Brisbane Lions forward returned to kick six goals in their 81-point victory over West Coast after being out for a month? Gunston. Gunston, indeed. Brilliant stuff. Uh, John is flying. 13-13-55 to put the pressure on him. All right, let's turn our attention to the Women's Soccer World Cup, FIFA World Cup. Uh, Kicks off uh, here and New Zealand uh, later this month. Where do the Matildas sit in the world rankings heading into the tournament? Mm. I think think fourth. Oh, no, thought wrong, but uh, we're in the, uh, well, we're in the, in the ballpark, kind of, ish. I think that's a clue. Uh, 13, 13, 55, John, good stuff. Uh, We go from Chambers Flat to Purpin Garages. We're covering all corners of the southeast here uh, to another John. Morning, mate. Morning, guys. How are you going? Yeah, very well. All the better from hearing from you. This is uh, one that could sort the, the wheat from the shaft. We've got... Women's World Cup, Matildas, where are they ranked in the world? I'll say 10th. Oh, and you'll say right. Well done, mate. You're coming in at the right time. Question number seven of 10. Uh, <clears throat> which Australian all rounder returned to the test team, hit a blistering 100 in the first innings against England at Headingley? Mitchell Marsh. <laughs> yes. So we throw a lot of extra information in there just to just to give you a moment of pause. But, of course, Mitchell Marsh was the only answer there. Question number eight. Now the phone calls are coming thicker. Far. See, people are timing their run. They're not backing you in, John. Time to prove them wrong. Uh, question number eight. Which Broncos star won the Wally Lewis medal for player of the series in his debut origin last year? Patrick Carrigan. <laughs> yes. Flat chat, Pat. Question number nine, the penultimate. John, here we go. Um, oh, in the fair income department, really? Uh, <laughs> I should have read these questions beforehand. Uh, the Hoff put these together, so all care, no responsibility from me. Christian Eubanks last night made his way to the quarterfinals of Wimbledon, and it's his Wimbledon debut. The last time this happened was in 2014, when an Australian did it. Who was it? Quarterfinals in his debut tournament. Nick Kyrgios? (laughs) Yes, well done, mate. That was the only clue, or at least answer, I gave away. All right, this is it. John from Burpengary, question number 10. We have tickets, a double, to go to um, the Sporting Globe tomorrow night. Matt Rogers, Scotty Sattler, Drury Forbes. I had to double-check who was doing Amarone's call. Of course, it's the dream team of Sat, Rats and Forbesy. Sporting Globe tomorrow night. Logan, uh, you can come down and support the team. Enjoy an electrifying atmosphere, and you'll be doing it on us, mate. Here we go. Which Australian... Uh, finished fourth at the Austra- oh, at the British Grand Prix over the weekend. Which Aussie finished fourth at the Formula One Grand Prix at Silverstone? I think there's only one. I don't know, isn't there? Oh, you don't want is to take it, a stab. Is it um, the big uh, Ricardo? 
No, it's not Daniel Ricciardo. Ricardo, no, 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 no. John, so well so far. But you do get a second chance because you're in the top five of calling in. When I say second chance, he gets to uh, reload, call again. Just like Damo has done it out at Windaroo. Say, what about this? Damien, if you can pull this off, you've started and you've finished. You've had a hiccup along the way. Which Aussie finished fourth at the Formula One British Grand Prix over the weekend? Oh, I can't think of his name. Oh, no. Damo, I've, and I've got to put a clock on you too because I've given you... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Is it, is it, it starts with O. Um, Oscar Piastri? Yeah. <laughs> you have just snuck in, Damien. Well done. I was about to buzz you out. But yes, that's exactly the sound he made when he uh, qualified in the uh, in the uh, top three as well. Oscar Piastri, um, Damo, well done, and thank God for second yeah. chances. Right, outstanding, mate. You're off to the Sporting Globe tomorrow. Oh, this is in your backyard too. How good down at Logan Sporting Globe? Oh, it's ten minutes away. Ah, oh, mate, you could almost walk there. Matty Rogers, Scotty Sattler, Forbesy, they'll be calling it. It's our live broadcast Maroon Radio for Origin Three. You can watch. Uh, the Queenslanders make history going for only the eighth ever clean sweep. Well done, mate. Congratulations. Uh, Damo from Windaroo. Well done, mate. Enjoy that on us. Enjoy tomorrow night's call. Uh, We'll also be enjoying... Well, will we enjoy this? Yeah, I suppose, because every hero needs a villain. Uh, We are catching up with Brett Kamali just to get an insight into what the hell are the Blues doing? That's right. Hit the refresh button. What is it? Alt-Control-Delete. Start again, pick a whole new team, and let's see if we can save some face. Uh, Brett Kamali on the other side of this, and we're standing by for the Gold Coast Suns media conference after sacking their coach, Stewie Jew, earlier today, 13 minutes past 11. Get involved anytime. Text 0467 736 736 or call 13 13 55. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Uh, they are useful. New South Welshman slamming Sam behind the buttons. He's picking the pump-up songs for State of Origin as he's been doing all series. <laughs> he's just banging his head, laughing, smiling in pain. I don't know. It could be all of the above. Uh, speaking of New South Welshman, we'll get to Brett Kamali very shortly just to just to see what is happening on the other side of the fence. I wonder if they know. Nine changes coming into this series. Control, alt, delete, bang, and we are away. Uh, let's – oh, before we get to Mike, who's out of Calumbar, Mike, uh, hold the line there. I'm just reading a few texts that are coming through. Uh, a wide variety of subjects today uh, on the cricket. Uh, this one is from Paul out at Wynnum. Good day to everyone on the Bay side. He said, Ben, I, I think Warner should have the last two tests. And if he doesn't perform, then that's him done and dusted. He wouldn't and shouldn't be considered for selection for the upcoming Australian Cricket Summer. So that's his thoughts on David Warner. Hazelwood comes in for Boland. That's a given for Manchester. Thanks from Paul out at Wyndham. Mate, Paul, thank you. Thank you for being part of the show. Uh, Razor, it's been a while. Thank you for being part of it. He says, Ben, with the achievements of most detentions by a student, along with doing 69 and a 60 zone, help me out here. Should I apply for the Gold Coast Suns job or the New South Wales coaching job? Razor, I was wondering where you were going with that. Achievements, really. I think you need a few more than that just to tick off, but 
I guess that was his point, wasn't it? Uh, Brett Kamali standing by, as I said, but uh, let's go out to Callum Vale this Tuesday morning. Origin Eve at 20 past 11. Mike, g'day. Yeah, g'day, Ben. Uh, just, I heard a guy before saying, having a bit of a chip at you, saying, um, you know, you might be asking the wrong questions to players and all that. So, I, look, um, your questions are fine in my book, but I, I think it's more about the players just aren't game to say anything in case they put their foot in it. You've only got to, you've only got to look at the um, Reese Walsh um, hearing when I think uh, they teed up David for feed to, you know, say it was he, Reese was talking to Paddy Carrigan and then I think in two sentences time he said it was the ref and he said, no, no, <laughs> sorry, I, I didn't mean to say that. So, so look, uh, all you get is, you know, a, a litany of, um, you know, how did you go on the weekend? You know, I'll, we won, we were up and about, or if they lost, you know, we went away from the game plan, defence is key, I do my role, get the job done, all that sort of rah-rah. So I, I'd much prefer more of, um, you know, the guys like Maddie Johns, Mal, Madge. Um, mm-hmm. They can sort of give you more insights. Um, you know, I don't know whether I'm allowed to mention Danny Widener as well. Uh, yeah, just... I think, um, can and you did. Is, um... <laughs> yeah, and, and Mike, <laughs> you, 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 you make a really good point. And this is off the back of the NRL players and their their stance and their yeah. their um, yeah. yeah boycott with the media on, on game day. See, you know, players are yeah. afraid. The majority of them, and I know it's a very sweeping statement, but that that's what you look for yeah. from a broadcaster's point of view. You, you're looking for the players who. Yeah. Who speak their mind? Who you know, like a Dane Zorka who comes on uh, with me the, on the on Seven News, but also with Patty and Heels here in the mornings. He's open and yep. speaks his mind. It was one of the reasons why we asked Shane Webke to come work with us at Channel Seven because he was a player who was not yep. about cliches. He spoke his mind yep. and said really insightful, thoughtful stuff. So, mate, you're spot on. Mike, appreciate it. We've got we've got one of those guys standing by right now, and that is SEN's own Brett Kamali. Uh, he's been there and done that for New South Wales as far as Origin series are concerned. Um, now, Noddy, let me let me get this right. Am I right in saying 2000? You, you were part of that clean sweep, weren't you? Or have I got my dates oh, all sure mixed was, up? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, that was my definitely. That was my debut season in State of Origin. Uh, enough, I think. Or that was the last bus that ever went down Caxton Street. But one of the last buses that that went down the old Caxton Street pulled up at the front of the Caxton Hotel. Uh, obviously, not as well renovated as what it is now. <laughs> Those lunatics come out of the back of the pub. They throw four cans of beer at the bus. And then all of a sudden, the the, the road clears of, of pedestrians and the bus can keep going. And I remember arriving at Suncorp Stadium and the players, the senior players said, you've got to sit on the left-hand side of the bus. And by the time I'd arrived at Suncorp Stadium, I was, what the hell just bloody happened? And now I've got to go and play Origin in front of them. So pretty pretty dawning experience. But, um, you know, my captain that night was a gentleman that is his New South Wales coach um, tomorrow night, Brad Fintler. And um, he literally stood up and said, you know, how good is this going to be? Let's get out there. And, and as you said, that was that 3 nil clean sweep. So it does happen, 3 nils, but um, not a lot of the time. No, well, since then, there's only been one. Since 2000, it's been 2010, and that was a Queensland team. So in 23 years, there's been one. And that was yeah, by the Queensland right. And that, that's why or- Origin is the greatest competition our game has got. You know, I don't think you ever leave an Origin arena thinking that was a bad game of football. You, you've just seen, you leave the arena shattered because you support one of the two states that either just lost. So yeah. uh, always a great game, always exciting, always, you know, physical, always, 
you know, we talk about the best of the best that both sides can pick, and they've picked this week, and then obviously they they make those judgments. They get heavily scrutinised for picking good sides or bad sides, and certainly the result makes huge indication for the pressure that some people are under. So, um, yeah, I look forward to us as New South Wales supporting Game 3, um, making sure that ANZ Stadium or... Um, uh, I'm not sure what the correct brand here. Acor Stadium, sorry, is probably yeah. it's hard, it's hard, to, it's hard to keep up, isn't it, mate? <laughs> Homebush, yeah, the Olympic Stadium. Homebush, yeah. Homebush, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd love to think that you know uh, multiple changes will find success. I thought our attack had been a little bit clunky first two weeks, first two games. I thought we hadn't really looked like scoring too many times against Queensland. Um, they've defended brilliantly on the edges, um, so maybe a few positional changes might create a bit more attack for us and um, a huge, a huge. Bonus, I think, for us is Reese Walsh out of Queensland. I think he's been outstanding for them in the first two games. All right. Well, let's not talk about who we don't have. Let's talk about who you've had. You've opened the door there saying that, you know, what's it, nine changes to, to a squad, and, and you're saying that's a good thing? I don't know if it's a good thing. It happened, I think, a couple of years ago, Brad Fittler made some pretty big changes and was questioned and scrutinised before we went to Adelaide, I think, a number of years ago and, and was potentially winner of that series. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of some of the changes. Um, obviously, you know, I think, you know, a lot of the Penrith attack has been outstanding for a number of years in club football. Um, it sort of hasn't sparked in the, in the Origin Arena for the mm. first two games this year. And, um, I think, you know, I think Cam Murray um, deserves to play. I would have probably had it the other way around where, where Isaiah Yeo maybe starts and settles in this game and Cam Murray's least speaks on and play that second period when there's a bit of fatigue. But I think, you know, They've sort of, we've, we've, in my mind, we've thrown the Penrith style of attack out for now. We've brought the South Sydney style of attack in with putting Cam Murray there, who's got a bit more leg speed and can play a bit more direct. Um, Cody Walker comes back into the side that's mm. you know, a mature age player who was in sensational form the last few years. Um, you know, well, obviously, Bradman Best come from a bit left field, but he's a strike center. Um, changes to our forward pack. Um, you know, an enormous amount of pressure on our fullback that has been an absolute legend of the game and will break one of the records today of Danny Badiris for, not today, sorry, tomorrow. He won't hopefully play the game today. Um, but obviously, you know, he's been an absolute legend for the Roosters, for New South Wales and for Australia, James Fidesco. And, he's, you know, he's under a, probably a fair bit of pressure, but what he's done is earned the right to, um, to get this game as well. Yeah, we were going through um, before we came on air just about which New South Welshman would actually make an Australian team right, right now if you if you had to pick it. And and yeah, you step through Teddy. Teddy's obviously the captain, and and he's there. Jake Trevojevic, I'd have there in a heartbeat. And and there was probably about six when you you include Liam Martin and and Cam Murray. And Yo- so I mean, you've got you've got some good stock there. You you've got players who can play at the international level. You've got the uh, front rowers back, the Australian front rowers in um, Regan Campbell, Gillard, Jake Trevojevic, as I said, Spencer. Certainly, you though. What what is? I mean, there's talk about him coming in as from 19th man and, and to make the 17 and, and replace perhaps one of the hookers like a a Reese Robson. And you'd have to think Reese Robson if they're talking hookers because you're not going to bust up that South Sydney combination with Damien Cook there, are you? No, you think not. Yeah, obviously, you know, Freddie has been you know pretty much thrown that curveball, hasn't he? For most of the times he's been coaching, you know, picked at 17, but that doesn't end up being the starting 17. So. He's got a squad in camp and he'll make those decisions. I think Spencer Lee in the last two years of his time at Penrith has probably turned into one of the best cops in the game. Uh, great league speed, super fast, powerful. Um, you know, he's learned his trade off James Schuster Harris out there, you know, and I think the Roosters have made a significant purchase in getting him there next year, you know, and become the, the, the leader for them or the next person once Jared decides to retire for the Roosters. So 
I think he's the best prop in the one of the best props in the game. It's about whether he can handle the Origin Arena because it can make or break you. You know, we saw Kavita Pango Junior come in with all hopes for game one, and yeah. you know, goes back at the door after game one. You know, and um, you know, I think you know, there's been a lot of players that, that in Origin, in particular, Brad Fittler's opportunity he's probably give one game to, and they haven't been able to back up for that second game. So, uh, you know, Spencer might get that opportunity. You know. Um, you know, he's in and around it. You know, obviously, results are very important in a three-game series. That, you know, you don't get time to build and put combinations together and, you know, work out some teething problems like a club coach does. You pretty much judge for each performance for the three performances in the Origin Arena. So, um, who knows? I don't think the starting side tomorrow will be the, the one to 13 that are on paper today. Uh, and I'll probably say that also for Queensland. I wouldn't expect to say one to 13 to be starting as they've made a few subtle changes each week as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's the mystery and the, the, the secretness of um, what coaches feel when they get to the arena. You'd like to think that both we're going to look at ANZ Stadium today and see what the field is at home was looking like and check out whether can do um, win game three. I'd be very curious now that Reese Walsh is out of uh, game three, who we, who we now think will probably become you know, the Wally Lewis medal winner, because I, I think he was a huge contention to be able to win that medal on his debut Origin Series. Oh, and be a Paddy Carrigan, who, who did it last year, all off the bench too from Patrick Cattell. Reuben yeah. Cotter's my, my man. He's played every minute and he's leading the way with tackles and he was the man yeah. in the match game one. So uh, uh, that's, I reckon, the, the magic mullet in Reuben Cotter could be the, uh, I reckon he's uh, he's clubhouse leader so far for the Wally Lewis medalist. I'd put it down for that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Noddy, good luck tomorrow night, and I wish you all the best, uh, but not too much luck when we look for an historic Queensland clean sweep. Thank you for the yeah. chat, mate. We, 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 we don't need luck in New South Wales. We're home. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> please, <laughs> please. See you, mate. <laughs> Brett Kamali there. Bang on half past 11. A quick news hit uh, standing by for the Suns media conference. Ah, Slam and Sam with probably the best song to sum up the predicament at the Suns right now. Right now, um, they seem like they're not getting anywhere. That's why they've sacked Stewie Jew, uh, their coach. They are just about to sit down and front the media on that decision. We'll bring you that uh, as it uh, happens uh, down there at Suns headquarters, Carrara. Uh, Metro, oh, it's not Metricon now. It's Heritage Bank Stadium. So, um, when they front the cameras, we'll be uh, bringing that to you. Uh, all thanks to Street Smarts. Drinking, never drive. The consequences are in your hands. Uh, just thinking about uh, the Blues and their chances tomorrow night. And, and, and Brett Kamali, I wish I had a bit more time to have a chat to him. Maybe we can follow this up uh, after in the wash-up of it. But Brad Fittler, his old teammate in that 2000 series where they last clean swept, he just, the, the changes, I mean, I know he's got to talk positive, but... He really is on the line for Freddie. Maybe he's already a dead man walking. But when you hear things like Clint Gutherson being on the bench and what's your plan for Clint Gutherson? He said, I haven't got one. Well, that's Nico Hines all over again, isn't it? And we saw how that played out in game one. So I really feel for – look, maybe that's just smokescreen from Freddie. But uh, either way, uh, we will see how it all pans out tomorrow night. All right, let's head to the Gold Coast now. This is the Gold Coast chairman. Uh... Firm following discussions with Stuart Jew that his tenure will cease immediately. Um, I want to thank 
uh, Stuart Jew for all of that he has contributed to this club. Uh, there is no doubt that his contributions have been significant and his achievements have been well noted. Equally, I want to acknowledge that this is a decision that we don't take lightly. These are very, very difficult decisions, uh, particularly when we're dealing with the human element, people's careers, people's lifestyles, um, their, their careers and their, their, their earnings. Um, so whilst I acknowledge the tremendous contribution that Stuart Jew has delivered to the club, I want to make it absolutely crystal clear that we are unashamedly holding this club to account at a very high level. Our stakeholders expect that of us. Uh, we are completely united in our purpose, which is to have success uh, on and off the field, but particularly on the field um, with our men's and women's program. It's incredibly important for us to stay true to these ideals and to execute those tough decisions to make sure we deliver the best for all people concerned with this club. Mark and I and the executive and the board are completely aligned. We have a, a unanimous board decision and we are completely aligned on where we are currently, what is our purpose. We've elaborated on our goals. We've gone through our processes. We understand our systems and we are absolutely determined to execute on these. Uh, I've instructed uh, Mark and the board has instructed Mark to come back uh, with next steps in relation to identifying the next senior coach for the Gold Coast Suns Football Club. I'll go further and I'll say that there is a clear gap between where we currently sit and where our expectations lie and a, the senior coach uh, selection process will be solely designed to close that gap, again, for our players, for our stakeholders, for our admin, for our corporate partners, for our sponsors, for our members, for our fans. Um, we've informed staff, uh, the playing group uh, and, and various other stakeholders today of this decision. You will well appreciate there are mixed, mixed emotions, um, but one thing is clear, we are absolutely determined to make the next steps for this football club, the, the steps that bring us to the success this club so richly deserves. My final point will be that this is an evidence-based process. In no way whatsoever have we been influenced by media, by social media, by speculation around who may or may not be available, um, by the AFL, by the AFL industry at large. This is a process driven by evidence-based and a systematic process of evaluating what we need for this club. And it is crystal clear to us that this decision was a, a, a necessary decision um, and we will make the next steps meaningful to ensure that this club goes on for future success. Uh, I'll now... Um, I'll now pass on to, to Mark Evans, our CEO, and uh, we will both be available, available questions. Thank you. Yeah, that's Bob East, the chairman of the Gold Coast Suns. We'll just stick with this and see what the first questions are. Mark Evans, the CEO. Uh, this is the most difficult press conference to manage because there are two parts to it. Uh, we're stating that we desire more improvement for us to be able to deliver the success that we want, and that's led to the decision that's been made last night. 
but we also need to properly acknowledge Stewie uh, for what he has done for this club and for the people of this club. Getting the balance of that right in a press conference is difficult, but we'll try our best. Stewie was appointed nearly six years ago, and it was a time where we needed to try and create something with inside of this football department that uh, allowed people to see that there was a pathway for development. We had a major reset of our department and our playing list, and we went and got a lot of young players through the draft. And we set up all of our systems and processes to uh, develop those players as quickly as we could. So some of that has been particularly important to put uh, the football department and playing list together to the position that it's in today. We think that that's in a good spot. Stewie has played an important role in that, in the decision-making to do the reset and then to assign um, games and opportunities and development uh, programs to get those players up to speed. And we have to acknowledge that. He's done that quite well. And to Stewie and Sarah and the family, when you have a senior coaching role, everybody is invested in that. The emotional investment um, and the ups and downs that go with the senior coaching role is felt by everyone. And we say to them, thank you very much for playing that role uh, and we will value your contribution for many, many years to come. In terms of what happens from here, Stephen King will be our coach in the interim for the rest of the year and uh, he will do that well. We have a good department of people, experts in their roles who will assist him with that. The leadership group and the players will quickly swing behind that because it's important that we show the world that we care about what happens across the rest of this season and get as much success in that period as we can. And as Bob said, um, the, the immediate phase is dealing with this and setting up the rest of the season. And ultimately, there'll be a, um, uh, an undertaking to go and select and appoint a new senior coach in due time. Uh, I'm happy to take any questions if you have them. So let's start with Mark first, the questions, and Mr Mitchell will go to Bob after. So I think we've faced the commentary that we got last week. We've faced that in each of the last three seasons. Every single time that we've been required to back that up, we've tried to stabilise it to give the best possible chance for players and coaches to go about their business. But that changes once a decision is made. You can't come out and say that once a decision has been made, and that happened last night. Uh, there we go. Mark Evans uh, is the CEO of the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, it was a week ago that he stood there in front of the cameras, in front of the microphones, and said that, no, we are wholly and solely backing Stewie Jew. That's why I wanted to wait for that first question, because that would have to be the first question, surely. Out of that media conference, Stewie Jew is safe. We are backing him. A week later, Stewie Jew is gone. We are sacking him. Uh, we heard from Bob East, the chairman said this was a evidence-based decision, not a media-based decision, social media-based, or who was available. And we know that the elephant in the room is Damien Hardwick. He is available. You'd have to think he'd be top of the shopping list. As far as that evidence goes, Stewie Jew, the longest-serving coach of the Gold Coast Suns, six years he was at the helm, 121 games, but for 36 wins. So what's that, 29 and a quarter percent, so just under 30% winning ratio. Uh, no more than 10 wins in a season over those six years. The improvement, it seemed to be there, but then they fell away. And that was the same last year. They backed him last year, but now 
they have decided to go in a different direction. Paying homage to Stewie and what he's built there, but they need someone to take them forward. 84 losses and a draw along that. Stephen King in charge of, as Murray put it a little earlier, one of our uh, listeners, uh, a horror show. Quite aptly that Stephen King is in charge. Oh, I don't know if it is a horror show for the Suns. Uh, seven wins, nine losses. Y- yeah, you've got to change that balance sheet. But what have we got? Seven rounds to go, seven games to go. No, they play St Kilda this Saturday. So look for the bounce back uh, factor there. But it just dawned on me too that the last time I spoke to you in the wake of Origin 2, just before we got off air, Justin Holbrook was showing the door at the Titans. So in the space of two and a half weeks... Both Gold Coast national football teams have pulled the trigger on their coach. So if you're a Gold Coast sports fan, I mean, this is run of the mill for you, isn't it? This is what you've come to expect. Both the Titans and the Suns are improving, but it almost seems like it's the same old story again. What needs to change? What needs to happen? What needs to make them a destination club? I think both clubs are in the process of making that happen. I've got the building blocks in place. There's Hasler now coming to the Titans. Is that going to attract success? Is it going to attract more talent? I mean, have a look. Fafita, Foran, Big Tino, AJ Brimson, Mo Fodawaka. I mean, the Titans are stacked full of talent. And if they do get Ben Hunt as well, wow, on paper, you've got a force to be reckoned with. But the Titans on paper have had that same story before. It's been a while since they've had that success. The Suns never played finals. They've started to build a or build a squad that want to stay there, want to be part of it, wanted to follow Stewie Dew. I wonder if the new boss is going to change that. 13-13-55-0467-736-736. If you're listening to us on 1620 uh, down the Gold Coast, uh, love your thoughts on this. Same, same old story, or is this a circuit breaker needed for sporting teams on the Gold Coast, especially the Gold Coast Suns? 11.44, Origin Eve, 21 degrees, uh, right here in the heart of Brisbane City. Fortitude Valley is where we are based, our headquarters, broadcasting uh, part of Queensland's new home of sport, SEN, 6.93am and 1620 on the Gold Coast. Get involved anytime. Text 0467 736 736 or call 13 13 55. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. We've got Carla uh, de Levine here. We'll see if we can um, just stand in the way, really. Uh, she doesn't want to talk, but everybody needs to talk on the grid. Uh, that's the that's the deal now. Everybody talks uh, on, on the grid. Um, can we have a quick chat, Sky F1? Good to see you on the grid. He said, he said, well, the deal is everybody has to speak on the grid, but uh, you know, I hey. I can't hear anything. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm sure it would have been extremely interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, ah, Martin Runner with a backhanded compliment. Uh, yes, that was from Silverstone, the British Formula One Grand Prix over the, the weekend. Uh, rhyming Martin be, before the race. Everyone talks on pit lane. Well, no, Cara Delevingne, uh, a model, an actress, a slashy. What has she been in? She's been in, 
I don't know. I, I recognise her face when I saw her, but I couldn't picture what movie she's been in. But anyway, a nice little backhanded compliment about not talking. Maybe she's part of the RL, the, the, the NRL Rugby League Players Association media band. It's a nice little backhander. Oh, and hey, you ask silly questions of these post-match or pre-match interviews. Silly answers. Well, no, that's a great, great comeback, Martin. Uh, we're coming up to eight minutes away from midday. Now, I, I did promise you a couple of things uh, today as the show kicked off. Uh, one of them was to talk about an article that's popped up on Code Sports. And, and what I'm going to do, I'm going to park it for tomorrow, but I'll get you to, I'll get you to do some homework. I'll get you to get the, the thinking flowing. Because it revolves around Sam Kerr and Kathy Freeman. And the gist of this article is basically saying, is Sam Kerr our greatest athlete on the global stage since Kathy Freeman? And you go, hang on, what? No, stop, wait. But then you sort of think about it and you go, well, hmm, quite possibly. She'd have to be up there. And if it's not Sam Kerr, who? Both... Women will carry and did carry, in Cathy's case, the expectations of a nation with the Sydney Olympics back in 2000. And now Sam Kerr is about to embark on a home World Cup as Matilda's captain. Uh, this will be, what, her fourth World Cup? Um, hasn't really set World Cups alight, but that doesn't matter. I mean, she is one of the best, if not the best, uh, player in the world in the women's game. So... The question begs, and we'll get into this in more detail tomorrow, but who is our greatest athlete? Hmm. As I said, promised it to you at the beginning of the show, but obviously with the breaking news coming out of the Gold Coast uh, around Stewie Dew and the Suns uh, and moving forward, uh, we have uh, seen that they are parting ways and on the hunt for a new coach. Uh, Scotty's out of Kedron. Uh, G'day, mate. He said, on text, no chance on Hardwick. He said he was done when he left Richmond. He needs a year's holiday. Well, by the time the season rolls around, oh, no, it was, was around, was it round seven? It's Damien Hardwick pulled stumps uh, from the Tigers. It'll be close to a year by the time he has off. Mm. That's when round one comes around. We know this preseason as well. 13-13-55, uh, 736 They're the digits you need. Pump them into your phone, be it call via text. It's uh, the way that you can be part of Queensland Sports' biggest conversation, one which will continue and then handball it, chip kick it. Throw a short pass to Jimmy Smith straight after this.